This is Are We Doomed, a podcast from Honolulu Civil Beat. I am your host, Claire Caulfield, here to answer your burning environmental questions. And recycling is always a big one because it's complicated. There are these numbers on the bottom of containers, but what if you can't find a number or your local recycler doesn't take that specific number? You've probably realized that a lot of plastic can't be recycled. And then there's also the fact that only about 10% of recyclable plastic ever makes it into a new product. But do not despair, because today we're taking a look at three creative innovations that go way beyond recycling as you know it. On a Saturday in late February, Suzanne Fraser and a group of students gathered outside Kamiloiki Elementary School in Hawaii Kai. I understand you guys are part of a club. Is that right? Okay, and what's the name of your club? This club was one of dozens of volunteer groups that worked with Suzanne's nonprofit, the Beach Environmental Awareness Campaign Hawaii, over the last few months. They collected plastic lids, plastic bottle caps, and other flimsy types of plastic from across the state to be melted down into oil. Yep, they're hoping that one day the oil that fuels our ships and planes will be made from post-consumer plastics. There's always going to be a need for fuel, even though people are moving towards electric cars and solar energy and all of that sort of thing, which is fantastic. There's probably always going to be a need for fuel, so why not get it from all the plastic waste that exists today, which there's enormous amounts of it in landfills. But those caps need to be perfectly clean so they don't clog up the machines. So everyone donned gloves and settled themselves in front of a giant pile of lids and bottle caps. Monkey yeah. and metal. And, and has stickers. Volunteers from across the state, like 10-year-old Hannah Ferguson, spent hours cleaning the caps and removing any stickers or cardboard inserts. I decided to join because we, in class, I saw a video on like the environment and how it's getting damaged and I wanted to save it. After months of work, the group had collected and cleaned enough plastic caps to fill a 40-foot shipping container. That's 7,000 pounds of caps. And in early March, the caps arrived at New Hope Energy in Texas. It's one of a handful of companies experimenting with plastic to fuel in the U.S. At peak production, their factory could produce 4,500 barrels of oil a day, all from used plastic. But it's a relatively untested technology. Low oil prices have thwarted similar companies in the past decade. And if you've had a reason to go to the gas station lately, you may have noticed that fuel prices are, once again, really low. And then all of a sudden fuel went down and they started to crash because of financial reasons. Um, but I think that this is the f- one of the technologies of the future. Suzanne wants local governments to start investing in plastic to fuel as a way to empty their landfills or to insulate their state from the effects of a fluctuating global oil market. So if there's another way, um, why not? Right now, the shipping container with Hawaii's plastic is just waiting at the train station for Suzanne. But once it's safe to travel and work again, the experiment can continue.
Our second idea was specifically mentioned by nine different Are We Doomed listeners. We get inquiries from uh, Hawaii uh, fairly regularly. That's Ed Geyser, who runs a company in Pennsylvania that makes building blocks from all sorts of plastic, no prior cleaning required. And that may be wet, and there could be a paper label on there. Typically, that's a death sentence for that plastic. Nobody will bother to, you know, to work with it. But our conversion process can take that. The end product is called a hydroblock. It looks like a burnt rice crispy. It's a board that's two inches wide by nine inches long, and it is stronger than the normal concrete that you would see in the street. Made from shredding, then melting plastic into porous bricks that do look like a mutant rice crispy treat, the hydroblock can replace gravel underneath roads, sidewalks, and fields. So we, we use this ev- everything from filtering water <laughs> to Uh, you know, cleaning up the turbidity and streams. And, you know, again, it works very well. Hawaii doesn't produce enough plastic to make a traditional recycling facility economically feasible. But hydroblocks can be produced in the back of flatbed trucks. Yeah, we call it flow. It's the factory line on wheels. And production can be ramped up or down with, more or less, the flip of a switch. We tell the community, hang on to your plastic, and whether it's once a month or once every two months, we just come in with our equipment and process the plastic right there on site. Before the pandemic, Ed had been working with local governments in the Caribbean to bring the portable factory to their island communities. That plan is obviously on hold for now, but once we're in the clear, he hopes the Caribbean could be a model for Hawaiian islands. There's certainly enough plastic rolling around the island where you know we could convert that into something useful. He'll face the same challenges that companies looking to set up shop in the Caribbean or Pacific Islands face. The geography, price of land, and high operational costs. And although he does care about the environment, at the end of the day, Ed says he has a business to run and wouldn't be setting up shop on islands if it didn't make economic sense. As much as we'd love to tear it at your heartstrings and tell you that, you know what, this is the right thing to do, okay, financially, you can only do that so many times. <laughs> you know, you... It has to make sense in the market. The final alternative to traditional recycling we're looking at today was inspired by the beaches of Hawaii. Well, more specifically, Stephanie Elm was inspired by what shouldn't be on those beaches. I tend to find all the colors, um, or that's what I tend to gravitate towards, all the fun colors. I repurpose straws that I'll find. She lives on the Marine Corps base by Kaneohe Bay, where everyday plastic toys, fishing nets, toothbrushes, and all kinds of tiny plastic pieces wash up on the beach, which Stephanie turns into artwork. Using alphabet molds filled with these little bright shards of plastic, she creates magnets shaped like little letters. And so the top part's clear and they have microplastics put inside. I wash them up after I get them off the beach and then I do a layer of clear resin. And about 12 hours later on the back side, I will add a little white additive. So the backs are white and then I find that the colors tend to pop out a little bit better. Yeah, you have hundreds of them here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've been trying to build up my stock. So it's- She runs her business called Micro Mahalo out of her spare bedroom where almost Almost every surface is covered with tiny molds of the letter A. Like aloha, I would have, there's so many A or a vowels in the Hawaiian alphabet that I would um, always be turning over A's so quick and running out. 
creating magnets, jewelry, and keychains from microplastics won't be enough to clean our beaches. Thousands of pounds wash up every year. But Stephanie hopes the little magnet on your fridge will be a reminder to stop using so much plastic in the first place. If you have it in your house and a friend comes over and you say, what is this? And then you can start the conversation of, I got this in Hawaii, it's made of microplastics. And you can educate friends, family, anyone that stops by. It's really fun to see that people are so passionate about making an effort to buy more sustainable products, find alternatives for products that they use every day, and make better choices when it comes to buying so that we're not having to continually keep picking these up and clean the beaches and hurting our environments. You can ask me your own question about the environment in Hawaii at civilbeat.org slash doomed. I am your host, Claire Caulfield, and Jessica Terrell is my editor. Funky Jams, courtesy of Blue Dot Sessions. Are We Doomed? and Other Burning Environmental Questions is a podcast from Honolulu Civil Beat. To learn more about Civil Beat and our journalism, subscribe to our free morning email newsletter by texting CIVIL to 66866. Stay safe out there, everyone.